And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. Sounds weird still, you know, just <laughs> stuff, you know, I don't, it does. It just, uh, good morning. How you doing? Sorry. ADD. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. It's, I don't draw like this. I draw like this. You know, it's all over the place. Plus, Oscar standing up. Or Oscar, Jesus. Carlos is standing up, and I want to go get him a chair. But he's he's like me. I'm standing up, too, so I can't complain about him because he's – I don't <laughs> like sitting. So, here we are. His his, his legs will get tired. He can only listen to you no, so I don't long think so. while standing. I think he's a pretty hardcore dude. I don't think he knows what tired is, you know? Just going to say it. Do you? Do you know what tired is? No, nah, he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pretty hardcore. He's pretty hardcore. Good morning. So how's things going up in Big Bear today? It's going awesome. So let's talk some stuff. We've got a great group. They're going to introduce themselves here in just a minute. It's kind of our second training because of Air Force One last month. We we had a training like at the end of July, but it was only the first couple. It was the, the first two days were at the very, very end, and it went into August. And so we've got a group here, and they're awesome, and they're from all over, you know, the country and Puerto Rico. and world. <laughs> <laughs> We've got very young in individuals here. We've got a couple of great uh, mentor and an intern here. Um, we've got uh, a, a manufacturer here. We've got uh, a crazy wacko Italian here. Um, but that crazy wacko Italian, look at this. I got my own warthog. He, oh, that's he cool. It. Yeah, he signed it too, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. We have some desserts that he brought in, um, Italian desserts, pastries that uh chris we'd love to say that you know you're going to get to experience them but you're not they're gone um, uh well they're not gone but they will be so that's okay hurry up, get up here before as, they are as, you know? as good as they probably are i really don't need them <laughs> you need this in your life but i got on the yeah. scale this morning i was like shit yeah just that 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 one man i'll tell you half of one right could anybody eat a full one Dude, it was just so real. I mean, I could, but I'd be, I mean, you'd just be, oh, you'd just be Carb City. But, God, it was delicious. Just, it's it's authentic, and it was different. It's not processed, and it's just, it's all, it's full of goodness. It's full of goodness. So, well, I'll take a, post a picture of it. Uh, you know, we, we take one or a little video. So, I think it's pretty cool. You know, we have Carlos there. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're starting to get a few more international students. I officially... Uh, signed up a guy from the philippines last night and uh you know so they're starting to creep in from all around the world no it's pretty you know we've had people from england netherlands of course our buddy randy right yeah uh, we've got somebody from um we've done different regions we russia um uh, we've had people here uh from vietnam um australia i mean so we've we've had it but covid kind of ruined that thanks covid uh, and so our internationals really slowed down because just travel on travel sucks these days. Right. I mean, you yeah. did it very smartly coming in a day early and that's, I'm, I'm headed out to Tennessee going back to motorhead garage next week. And, uh, I think they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to film with because they just, they've been engaging and, uh, David that we talked to was pretty, you know, he was, he was definitely, you know, they, they seem, they seem to know what they're doing seem to know what they're doing they're very organized and uh, 
but relaxed. And so we like that kind of thing, organized, but chill, you know? Uh, so we're really excited about that. So let's jump into today. And then we're going to introduce these guys is that, you know, tough times and challenges create, create a brilliant opportunity. And we're going to talk about that because when you're in business, everybody thinks that people believe that as you succeed and, and your success rises, that the challenge will challenges will diminish. Mm -mm. Those challenges can actually increase tenfold as you grow. What happens is, is if you're really, if you're really uh, into it, and we hope to cover this today with you, is that your ability to deal with those challenges is increased. Your knowledge uh, increases. And so we want to take and kind of give you some input from, and I've got kind of a different way of looking at this, but where this can be re relayed back to is, you know, we had a great time last week up at Monterey. Uh, we had the team up there doing uh, car week and we got to see uh, Gordon McCall, which is just always a blessing. Our team got to see each other. Um, we just, we saw people, I, you know, my job was going out and, and kind of trying to convince people they didn't want us to touch their car to let us touch their car and their, or their airplane and this and that. And it was just, Meeting all the various car people and then seeing our team and everything else was great. Just days before that is we had a leadership uh, course here and it was an outdoor leadership course. And so we had some people that had some outdoor experience and we had a couple people that had never even camped out before. And here they are jumping into a self-made shelter and spending the night. Uh, about five, five, six miles into the backcountry, you know, and here in Southern California, we call it the backcountry. Uh, it's really not, you know, we're not that far from civilization. There's a road that gets you out. But it, for a lot of these these uh, men and women, it was it was really taking them into a an entire new realm that they'd never experienced before. And we're going to tie that into today's talk a little bit of some things as one of the instructors that I got to witness. And even and even where where. Uh, the challenges helped me grow as an entrepreneur and as an educator and as a man and as a friend. It really did. I took some things away that, that will change how I view and do things. You know, seriously, it was a great opportunity. Next, before we go on, I want to congratulate. I can't say his name yet because I don't know if he's, I don't know, but one of our good friends, uh, Detail Mafia member, but a really good friend, somebody that's known in the industry, him and his wife are going to have their first baby and they just found out it's a baby girl. So I'll wait until he announces it. But I got to talk to him this morning and I'm very proud of you and very happy for you and the missus. And um, I'm excited. And he's uh, very nervous as a new daddy should be. Uh, he's uh, so I got to share some some daddy wisdom uh, and kind of give him some input there because that's going to be some challenges coming into his life. Right. And a lot of joy, you know, a lot of joy. Uh, so we're really excited about it. So before uh, we get into this, I'm going to put my, my warthog down because I don't want it to break. Um, is I want all of these gentlemen, fine gentlemen, to come up behind me. And they're just going to take and tell you their name and where they're from real quick. So come on, all at once. I'm going to get out of your guys' way. Come on up. Don't be camera shy. Come on. Get up there. You're all studs. You're right there. Look at the green light. There you go. See? Around Josh. Everybody. Get in there. Go, go, go. Come on, boys. Puddle up. Puddle up. Puddle up. Get in close. Josh Pierce, Iowa City, Iowa. Britt Stokes, American Fork, Utah. Jeff Coutts, Esterville, Iowa. Yeah. Ron Costa, New Jersey. Matt Ward, Roxbury, New Jersey. Carlos Gonzalez, Puerto Rico. Yeah, he wins I the best accent right there, man. That was that was pretty sexy. That kind of got me hot and bothered. Just going to say it right now. So, you know, again, um, 
tough times. Uh, I love, there's a great saying is that the toughest climbs offer the best views. And so from an mountaineering standpoint, you know, is that um, I've taken each one of our kids up into the back country. Uh, we've done some, especially when we're in Idaho, we just did some amazing things. Shale, you know, shale slopes, taught them how to not just get up a shale slope, but how to have fun coming down one. Cause that's a lot of fun. Cause you just, you're barely climbing up takes forever. And then coming back down that thing, it's like uh, be, being on rollerblades, you know, coming back down. Um, but, you know, I never forget is our, our youngest daughter and her first uh, winter ascent of a 10,000 foot peak in the winter and us just sitting up there and enjoying such a gorgeous view. And we worked, it really wasn't, it, it, it was a good hike. It wasn't a climb. It was a hike, but I'll never forget that moment of sitting up there and here she is uh, 14 years old and uh, it wasn't dead of winter. It was just going into winter, but I'll never forget sitting there with somebody I love so much and, and taking and enjoying our efforts and enjoying the moment together. Once we reach that, a lot of people give up on the climb before they reach that view and you just can't. And you've got to also realize the climb is going to be difficult, but we had fun along the whole way. We we're joking around. We took in the views. We saw wildlife. We saw elk. We saw a bear way down in the valley and we kind of watched it because we were pretty sure it was a grizzly. Um, but we just enjoyed the trip up the mountain. It was never a stressful journey. We just realized we had to work to get to the top. And then we got to the top. She announced that we're going to have a Medicare, a, a, a manicure, what is it called? A petty medi? I don't know what the, anyway, <laughs> we went and had our nails done. And so here I am, you know, we had done this mountaineering and my daughter announces that, you know, tomorrow, we're going to her godparents' uh, a salon and going to have, you know, a manicure and a pedicure. And I was like, cool. And she goes, really? I'm like, heck yeah. You came up here with me, I'll go up and I'll tell you, guys, if you don't have that done on a, on a semi-regular basis, not too bad. And I don't like my feet messed with, except for that. Yeah, he's shaking his head no. Ron's over here saying no. Uh, I thought the same thing until I had it done. But again, that journey and doing something completely different and I did it, I initially did that part of it for my daughter, but sitting on a hillside at 10,000 feet uh, in a snowstorm that hit, and right when we got up there, it's almost like God said, hey, enjoy this, because the clouds parted through the valley and we had a perfect view for 10, 20, 30 miles. And here we are in the, in the North Rockies of Idaho, and the next thing I know is I'm looking over at the next day, sitting in a in a salon having our nails done and and i got to tell you that journey was cool too it was really cool and so let's talk about this a little bit perspective as i've aged i've learned that people perform surgery on wounds that don't exist is that we worry about things we just shouldn't be worrying about and um you know we're all worry warts you know we can all worry about things but a lot of times what should be eating up your your, your space in your head? What should you be concentrating on? And, and, and that's a hard thing because each one of us come from a different platform. We come from different walks of life. We come from different parts of the country. We come from different environments in those country. We come from uh, different upbringings and our tribal knowledge coming through our life at this point is vastly different than the person standing next to us. And it's very hard for a lot of us to take into put into perspective 
what that other person's perspective is. And we've got to learn to do that. Um, we also worry about things that are completely out of our control, completely out of our control. Uh, you know, I'll tell you the, the, the big divider for me is a lifetime. Now I can say that is longer than you've been alive. You know, either one of you, I've done search and rescue. And I think that's really helped me put things in perspective because it's uh, when we go out, not a lot of the missions are, are good missions. We go out, we find people, we bring them back. But there's the other side of the coin where we bring them back, but they're not alive. And that was that's, you know, a terrible day for them, but it's an even worse day for their family. You know, the families. And I think that's what continues to push me is because can you imagine? And I can. There's there's two people we've gone out looking for that we still can't find. And one of them was my first mission, Jared Negretti. Um, that little boy would be, you know, older than you right now. No, 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 not you. Sorry, you're a little older than I, I thought. I'm going to pick on him. But um, he he would be, uh, Carlos, about your age. And it was my first mission, and it's hung with me. Can you imagine the hardship that that family's had to, to deal with? Is, is, A, their son going missing? And it's the, the largest search in California history at that time, 17 days. And then B, that son not being found on that mountain, knowing he's there, but it's such a vast wilderness area. And where he is is so treacherous, we couldn't bring him home to him. But could you also imagine being the, the men and women that were out looking for him? And we take that very serious. And it would be like a mission uncompleted for 30-something years. And so it doesn't sit easy. So my perspective on challenges is a little different. Also, the way I came up. I came up through this. For some people, detailing is just detailing. Just detailing. For me, it's been a life. It's been my kids. It's been college. It's been struggles. It's been, at times, hating what I did because it was so stressful. It was building. It was joy. It was vacations. It was, it was seeing others grow seeing others fail. It was stresses. Uh, it was joy. I just mentioned that we've got a good friend that's having a baby on the opposite side of the spectrum. I have a good friend that's facing the loss of his wife. You know, two, two vastly different situations for two different families. And so detailing to me is friendship. That's what detailing to me is now. But in the early days, detailing to me was life or death. It was the life or death of my family. You know, it was making it or breaking it. It was living a simple dream. I did not have the hopes of, of starting up a major corporation. That just wasn't in the cards, and I couldn't see that happening. I, I could never dream of Double Black being what it is. I could never dream of going with, with, with Flex and joining forces. I could never dream of Aeroshell that I've known since a little boy would pick me up as a representative. I never dreamed of representing Sonex. Never dreamed of any of that. But dreaming of starting one of those companies, never. It just wasn't in my wheelhouse. Still isn't. If I were to go out and start you know, a soda company, it wouldn't be Coca-Cola. It'd be a microbrewery root beer. That's in my wheelhouse. And I am totally comfortable with that wheelhouse. And so, so much of our, our, of our perspective plays into this. And so much of what we worry about and I'm going to tell you, the great equalizer is 
when your family, I just mentioned, you know, that one of our good friends is, is, is facing the loss of a loved one right now. Nothing matters to him. The bullshit stuff that we put ourselves through does not matter to him. Does not matter to his loved one. Does not matter to their kids. It's all bullshit. It comes down to survival. That's what's important. That's what's really important. Some face far more challenges. Have you ever seen people? My mom was one of them. My mom had a life that she had a good life, but she just had a black cloud following her. She just couldn't catch a break. And that's that's true. Is it just at a it just seemed that she came to a Y in the road and she made a decision to go one direction and it never went back to normal for her. Never. No matter what. Some people would say, well, she could have changed that. I would argue, but watching her for a lifetime as her son, she couldn't. It just was circumstances beyond her control. And some people lived that. Now, could have she changed it? Yeah. But it wasn't in her cards. She wasn't given the tools. So, you know, everybody's going through their own fight in life. And for my own mom, she just didn't have the, the tools in her toolbox to correct that wrong turn. She couldn't get turned around on it. And it necessarily wasn't her fault looking back. So how many people are in that situation? A lot. There's a lot of people that are born into a situation that gives them the mindset now, Glenn Stearns, I've mentioned him several times, you know, undercover millionaire guy. We, we got to be friends. And Glenn became a father at like 14 years old, 15 years old, um, not born into the perfect situation. And yet he became a self-made multi-multi-billionaire or millionaire and one, at one time was worth over a, a billion dollars, you know. Uh, well, people say, wow, how do you lose money? Well, you sell things, you know, and you. You, you know, I think he gave up some stresses in life. Maybe I can't speak for him, um, but I'm sure things changed, but it doesn't matter. He's still, I don't know, worth, worth a half a billion. Uh, I don't know if you've ever figured out how, how hard that is, but um, I won't see that in my lifetime. And I'm totally okay with it because he chose his path and I chose mine and both are right paths. Neither one of them are wrong. Seems to have a, a, a magical power. Sometimes some people will, will take, there's a magical power of dodging struggles and hardships. There's some people you just look at and it seems that, gosh, dang, no matter what they do is they've just got the golden, the Midas touch. Now, because where I came from in my upbringing, a lot of my friends would say that's me, but they don't see the backside of it. And they don't see also the ladder I climbed is small com in comparison to other ladders. I climbed a step stool in success i know people glenn that had a fire truck freaking ladder truck that just kept taking them up i'm okay i don't i don't compare myself to that i don't have once of other people i have once of me and that's pretty much been my whole life i've never looked at some now i have looked and said dude i love that that porsche i want one different it wasn't because they had it it's because i like that porsche it was for my own reasons I said, I like that. As a matter of fact, our, our biggest house that I really thought I'd like, and, and, and a show of a nod of your heads for those, maybe even those watching or listening, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever got something? I, I wanted to build this house for my kids. I kind of shared this earlier. Built this house, big old freaking house. I hated it. It just didn't bring me the happiness I thought it would. Matter, matter of fact, it, it separated our family because 
It was so big, we never knew who anybody was. And now we've got, when our kids come home here, we've got this great room. Everybody's here, or the kids are out here partying. They're in two spots. So they're either in there with, with us or we're out here with them. And it's just, it's been joy. So sometimes the very things that you ask for as gifts becomes challenges and hardships. And that changed our family dynamics. Is once we got back into what I call a regular house, we were happier. We were happier. And, and, and a lot of people won't admit that. Um, some people have equipped themselves too. There are people from an early age, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a role model, maybe it was a teacher, or their temperament is to where they're just mellow, you know? Um, I see, I'm not going to mention anybody. I, I know somebody that's really controlled and can stay in control. But every once in a while, you see the true, the other side of him flip. It's not too often. But I admire that 80% of the time, total control, total total just gel. But then that, that beast comes out that 20% of the time. I think that's admirable because that person's got that internal beast in them, but they're, they're able to control that beast 80% of the time. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing, right? That's an amazing feat to, to have. It's amazing talent. Where did that come from? Part of it's probably temperament you're born with. And then the other part is the input you had at a young, at, at a young age. Somebody influenced people that are like that to be like that. I really think so. For, for, for other people that didn't have that influence, is we are who we are, and you've got to groom and grow yourself into that and learn how to do that. Our leadership course, just recently I mentioned that. Some of the things I witnessed is I witnessed people that were willing to, to, to adapt, to adopt, to, to change, to take a risk. Uh, these are all A-types, driven, self. They came out of industry before they started their, their, their blue-collar careers. They had... Some of them started out in this at a young age and know nothing but this. Some of them had no outdoor experience at all. Some of them have never touched the compass, but yet we're putting them on a navigation course by themselves in the wilderness to go to go complete. And oh, by the way, that night with their with their their buddy, their battle, they had to go out at night and do the same navigation course at night. Not ever using a compass before. Some of them were terrified of wild animals. And the first day that we're up going and setting up the, the course, I'm telling um, Andy and Shane are with me. And, they're, and Shane, turns out, does not like even domestic animals he's terrified of. Not terrified, but he spook, they spook him, you know. And so he goes, what's the chances of us running into a, to a, you know, something wild? And I said, oh, pretty low. We saw a couple deer, right? Not a big deal. Pretty low. Not five minutes later, a bobcat jumps over the road. I mean, clears the whole road and they're like, shit. So that kind of got blown. Right. And then we see another one on the nav course. So they're known to be up there. And yet is Shane faced his fears and was out there that night solo. We made everybody kind of sleep 20 to 30 meters away from each other. And, and again, that was facing our fears. Um, some people had all the right equipment. Some people didn't. And, they learned real quick is the, the, the nuance to that of coming back was is you can survive in business and or in the wilderness on very minimal, but you sure are a lot more comfortable if you're outfitted right. 
And so that was kind of that. We saw individuals, we, at the, we, 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 we had a search and rescue, a, a real scenario, you know, set up for them. And Oscar and I were the rabbits. So Oscar and I went up into the hills right behind our, our place here. And I went right and he went left. And they had a man track us. They never tracked before. They, I just taught them a tracking class before that. They're looking for evidence. They're looking for not just footprints, but other, you know, things that we taught them. Is they stood up to that challenge. And then they had about an 800-foot climb, a pretty steep one to get up to where we were. And then to get out of it, the final was, is they had to repel down a three-story granite wall. And some people just decided, they tried, but it was just outside their comfort zone. But yet, those very people that were a little concerned about that, we saw them standing up and helping others. We saw them standing up and taking on task. We saw them getting closer to that edge that they'd never been on before. And I applaud that just as much as the people that went over the side, those people that had a terrified, terrified look on their face had taken and figured out a way to be valuable to the team. That's what that training was all about. It wasn't just being valuable or doing and facing your fears for yourself is we saw individuals that could just couldn't quite get there to that wall, but yet, they turn that energy back around and help others. How important is that? It's huge. So my, how do I relate this back to struggles and challenges? There's people there to help you. We don't have to go through the same exact thing, but that does help. Is if I were to talk to somebody that grew up privileged, is there might be some commonality on the way that we grow up. Is maybe it's discipline. You know, maybe it was family. Maybe it was a sense of community. Maybe it was we were Boy Scouts. Uh, maybe it was we were athletes. Maybe it was we were into BMX bikes. Maybe it was there's a lot of maybes out there. But there's going to be things and struggles that I, I talking to it, it's funny now is I'm not, I'm not secretive. I was a special ed kid, you know, and I had a learning disability. And back then they didn't know what ADD was. And it wasn't until the end of my special ed year in special ed classes that it was actually, I was diagnosed with ADD and, and I excelled, but it took a, a teacher that was trained in that to get through to me and to teach me how to learn and teach me how to accept my challenges and that I wasn't what society and what the school district was painting me. I was complete opposite of that. I was intelligent. I just learned differently. That's a struggle that is, that, I want to know that's a gift that has followed me throughout life. Look what I just said, that challenge and hardship. It was, you have no idea how it is to be in a poor community where you're a minority, which I didn't feel like a minority, but looking back, I never considered myself that I don't, I never knew there was a difference between any of us. I didn't care if one of my friends, Lee was Chinese. I had no idea he was Chinese. No idea, you know, I had no idea that my other friends, Conrad, was Latino. We just, we just didn't look at each other that way. We're kind of all in the same boat. But I remember people teasing and, and being hard on me. But then I remember the most gifted people, the smartest people. They, they, they called it MG, MGM, Mentally Gifted Minds, is what the specialty class. That was the high accelerators here. And then I was on the short blue bus, you know. And I say that you know, poking fun at myself, but it was the truth. If 
But I remember those folks that was in that class were the ones that reached out the most and didn't tease me. There's the people in the middle that came after us, that whole class. So these people that defended us mentally, and it was this people down here that went to fist. You know, back then, that was, that was a thing to do, is you defended your honor. And unfortunately now in today's world, and when I say that is we didn't bring violence into it, is we put limitations. And we set it out there. This is my boundary. You are not going to treat me like this. And if you do, this is the recourse. And it was a punch in the nose when I was a kid. And then five minutes later, you're out at the ice cream truck buying each other an ice cream. You know, because we realized when we did wrong, we owned it. Somebody punched us in the nose. We got in a little tiff. We wiped our nose clean. Then we went, went, we went and got an ice cream and played football. We didn't hold things against each other like we do today. We didn't. I mean, even, even I had, I had, I can't, I, I won't say his first name or I won't say his last name, but Johnny, I, man, we had a lifetime of hating each other. We just, he's, he was in a gang, but here's the thing. We walked through the store and, and uh, he would see my grandma and I'd see his, our grandmas were raised us. And it was, Hey, Hey, you know, hello, Mrs. Hello, Mrs. And we'd be on our best behavior. Well, my grandma would send me over to the bread aisle to get a, a loaf of bread. Johnny would be over there and we're cussing each other out. But as soon as our grandmas walked up, we're cordial and polite to each other, right? And still to this day, I run into him, and he's got four silver teeth due to me. You know, he's still wearing them. And I pointed it out one day. I said to our youngest daughter, I said, hey, Johnny, give me a smile. And he had some really select words to say to me, you know. And uh, it, it was funny, but still to this day, is Johnny and I will run into each other, and we talk about the old times. You know, we're still not big fans of each other, but we, we don't want bad for each other. We want good. We came up through this stream of struggles. We were just on a little different team, right? We played against, we played on the same teams together, baseball, football. We did, and did we go against each other? We cheered each other on. We were teammates. Off the field, we didn't care for each other too much. We got I can't tell you how many times that dude made my nose bleed. I can't tell you how many times. But yet, we understood each other's hardships. We were both being raised without fathers. We were both being raised by tough women. We both respected those tough women. And in the end, we respected each other. Because we are tough guys, but we didn't have to pick on each other. We didn't bully each other. If there's a problem, we took care of it. And here's, by the way, if somebody was picking on him, guess went to his aid? Right here. He was my enemy. You can't pick on him. He went to get jumped one day, and I went, fellas, this is an unfair fight. There's three of you and one of him. And I said, I'm going to have to be, the, I'm gonna have to be the, the force that equalizes this. And still, there's still three of us. And I said, you need about six if you're going to fight us. Game on? They decided to. That didn't last long. And then Johnny and I went to be in enemies again. You know, and, and Isn't that how life is? is that you see Johnny and I grew up in a time to where we took in our challenges. We had serious challenges. No, we didn't. Society said we did. Society placed a stamp on us that wasn't correct. Is that Johnny and I have gone on and raised families and done well and stayed out of trouble and were parts of our community and raised great kids and married great women and have long-term marriages and we're not addicts, we're not drunks, we're not abusers, we're not all these things that society said we become, we didn't. 
we didn't become that is we just had a we came from tough places in a tough town and we were tough men we were tough boys but we had souls and we had brains and we used them but we weren't afraid to set our boundaries and stay to that boundary and it was amazing so growing some let's talk about growing some from struggles and from hardships is resilience something that a lot of people don't have is again we talk about my buddy norman setting that 40 percent. most people sit hit, hit at their 40 percent of their their potential and they stop is that you're gonna have to learn to hit every once in a while 80 90 percent and even a limited time 100 110 percent and then pull that afterburner back you know you're gonna have to learn when to turn that 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 turbocharger on is that afterburner on and get to over 100% to get through whatever you're facing. You're going to have to. Gaining self-awareness. Self-awareness of who you are, your weaknesses and your strengths. Without changing your core, core values of yourself. That's tough. It's also tough to be, to, to even when you people have done you wrong, vengeance needs to be realized. But vengeance classy and vengeance with dignity and vengeance with those around you respecting your boundary. That's a tough, tough balance to realize. And it's a tough thing to, to take and, and get through as, as, a, as a human, right? Is how do I keep my dignity but protect myself, my brand, my, my manhood, my, my, my pride without getting your pride in the way? And it's just being open-minded enough to bounce back. Take a step back every once in a while and then move forward again. That's a big one. I have a thing that comes from the firefighters that I kind of brought into my life a long time ago when I was a kid. And they taught us is, is stop, drop, and roll. As I stop, stop when things are going on. Drop, sleep on it for a night. Really think about it. And then roll, roll with your decision. Is that's I've used something. Learn, learning from failed relationships. Relationships come in many forms and fashion, right? It might be a broken up relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, a friend, friendship. Might be a marriage. Might be a, it might be a business relationship. It might be a customer. What can you take away that's going to make you better? What can you take away that's, self, that's beneficial to both, to future relationships and to your own self? How, how can you download all that? And it's really important that you know how to do that. Um, learning from mistakes is you're going to make financial mistakes in business. You're going to make growth mistakes in business. You're going to make relationship mistakes. Don't get hung up on them. Don't beat yourself up. There's no need. Again, surgery on, on a wound that doesn't exist. Most of us just really way, over worry about some of the things that have happened. We just, we just start peeling back the scab. You know, we just, and all it does is open another wound up, you know, and it just takes that much longer to, to heal. Um, building problem solving skills. It's going to happen through two ways. Firsthand experience and coaching and mentorship is that, you know, we all have times and I've got a very small handful of people in my two go-tos are way, A, they're older than me. B, they're much more successful than me. And what do I consider success? This is it. 
both of them have had marriages that are 40 or 50 years in the making. I, I can't take advice from somebody that isn't where I want to be. Is and so both of them, I've I've, I've had I'm I, I've I've got a first wife. You know, Diane's got a first an ex husband. Um, some of you will understand those that the terminology change. I understand that we've I've you know mistakes were made, but I will never make that mistake again. Is that Diane's my world? So I want to take advice from even business advice from somebody that has kept their marriage intact because that's my number one goal. Nothing else matters to me. Is that marriage intact? That happy marriage is my number one goal. And and so I take advice from those two men. Why? Because they've managed to be very successful, but yet have a happy marriage. So their advice is going to be considered considering that. And a lot of people don't think of it that way. Is if you got a if you got a playboy friend that's fifty years old and he's just going from relationship to relationship and he's super successful. Is his success going to match and his, and his opinions and his input to you going to match where your end goal is? Probably not. Because he's been willing, he or she's been willing to sacrifice relationships for money. And that's just not me. And a lot of people don't look at it that way. Empathy is you got to learn to have empathy. You've got to learn that everybody's having a battle. And, and I'll tell you that empathy even comes with your significant other, your spouse, my wife, is Diane's going to have hardships. And we we're all talking about that earlier is in, in business and in relationships, people say, oh, it's got to be a 50-50 thing. No, it's not. It's got to be 100-100. You got to be putting your 100 in all the time. But there's times where I'm, I'm down and Diane's having to put 200% in because I have nothing left in the tank. And there's times where Diane's down and I got to put 200% in because she has nothing left in the tank. You got to be willing to do that. And then you got to be willing to where, where that your tank's starting to get low and you're still feeding hers is you've got to have the ability to somehow share with that person. Could be a business partner. It could be, in this case, my wife. It could be a friend. Say, man, my, dude, we got to figure this out. My tank's running low, man. I can't keep going at this level. It's very, it's very hard for us to take and be, to be that honest. But you've got to be because if all of a sudden both tanks run out, and you're at your what's in, that's that that's when tsunamis happen. That's when really big, big problems develop. And you've got to be strong enough to take and realize that in all relationships, you're gonna have those struggles, you're gonna have those challenges, and you've got to be willing to take when the other person I've told Diane that a couple of times, man, my tank, can you step it up? Man, she's always does. Always, and vice versa. She'll come to me and say, Boy, I'm having a tough one. And I might be having a tough one too. That's not the time to say that is I put on I put on my boots, get in the saddle and ride hard. You know, ride hard because she needs it. She needs it. And for her to say that or for me to witness that she's she's down or to have Chris down or our team down or one of you guys down, you know, is that I might be facing myself and it happens all the time is that when you have a lot of connections online, the thing that a lot of people don't do know or experiences i go in every day to facebook and give an average of five condolences five does it wear on you yeah sucks to see people again those are life challenges that don't go away those are lows those losses everything else a defeat in business is temporary 
The loss of a family member or a loved one is forever. Those are the real challenges that you got to get through. The other shit's bullshit. You'll get through it. And if you don't, shame on you. You need to develop the skills to get through it because it's not, again, it's a wound that it needs a little attention, but it doesn't need surgery. A death of a, lo a loss, that's going to take some time. And there's going to be a part of you that never comes back from that. And you got to realize that with people. And so it's, it's tough, but you got to put your big boy panties on to do it. Strengthening relationships. Difficult times often brings people together. Or it separates. It's a wedge. What do you want it to do? You know, um, can you imagine? I'll, I'll give you a sample. Can you imagine being the Coca-Cola company? You've been with Coca-Cola for 25 years. And all of a sudden, Coke announces, we're going to have new Coke. We're going to have a new style of soft drink. There's people in the organization that are going to love new Coke. There's people in the organization that probably didn't. How do they adjust? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like Mexican Coke. It's got pure cane sugar in it instead of the other stuff. You can get it at Costco. I don't drink a lot of soda, but I'll pick up that, that Costco Coke every once in a while because you can't, you, you can't beat the original. You, know, you just can't beat it. Um, confidence. There's a difference between confidence and, and, and being an asshole. Okay. Now, some people read it the same. That's because they're weak-minded. They just don't know any better. Is that I, I can see if any of you guys walk in and you can see another, and we're all among men, so I'm just saying men. You walk in and you see somebody and you just know that is somebody you just don't want to tangle with. You ever get that vibe from somebody that this is a good dude, but I don't want to get on his bad side? Is you know, I see people now, I always have ever since I was a little boy, is I always admired um, age. I've always admired a, a, a man that carries himself all the way to the end with dignity and strength and power. And I had B.J. Hayden lived across the street. He was a CB in World War II. He was landed on the beaches. And his stories were unbelievable. He came out. He, he, went, he went from Europe over to the South Pacific. He, so he went to the South Pacific, came home, went to Europe, came, didn't go home. He went straight from Europe all the way back over toward, into the, the South Pacific again. He was gone for three and a half years. Three and a half years. I saw that man, and he, he was pretty beat up from battle. I was terrified, even as a grown man. I was terrified. I wasn't scared. And I loved him. Somebody I, I never gave me any reason to fear him, but I did not want to take and fail him. I did not. I remember one time I disappointed him, and he came up to me, and um, it was in a football game. And he came up to me after the game. He goes, you think you did your best performance? I said, no, sir. And he says, hmm, that's sad. And I'll tell you what, when he's in those stands, mm -mm, I gave 110%. I never wanted to have that feeling again of making that man disappointed. But in the back of my mind, my grandmother used to send me to him three times. First time, I was about seven years old. It hurt. He had a paddle with my name on it. The second time, I couldn't sit down. He whipped me good, I, and I deserved it. The third time he told me it would be his, the last that I ever came over to visit him, and it was. He had a reckoning with me, and that changed my whole life. I never, and I was young, and was it that bad? No. It was deserved, and it allowed me to see how to take and in, in, in the limits of how to treat my mom and grandma. These are things to never say again, and he made it a point 
that I never, ever, I went home and I owned that shit with my grandma right then and there. And I, I didn't even do anything to my mom, but I owned it with her too because that was her mom. And he made me realize that. And those hardships, unfortunately today, we don't have those lessons anymore or seldom do we have those lessons. You don't see it in a lot of cultures anymore. That wasn't abuse. In today's standards, could have they called the cops on BJ with me? I wouldn't have it, you know, because BJ was just one of the guys in our neighborhood that had permission to beat the crap out of us. And it wasn't, they didn't hit us in the head. They didn't abuse us. Taught us a lesson. It was a reckoning for being disrespectful. Well, you know what? Reckonings are still there. It's called failure. Reckonings are still there is everybody looking for boohoo sympathy. You're not going to have it. You're going to, if you, if you fail in business, you fail in a relationship, there's nobody else to blame, but you, and you either get some tough love and figure it out or you fail. There is no safety net for a lot of us. A lot of us don't have that safety net fostering personal growth. A lot of people stay away from struggle and challenges and uncomfortable situations. I have always loved, you know, extreme, more extreme, not extreme sports by today's standard because extreme sports have gotten way, way above. This generation takes it to a level we never would have. You know, it's, it's crazy what the, and it's awesome of what is physically uh, the capabilities of people today. I remember, you know, our extreme sport was taking in, we didn't have the money to build a, a jump ramp. So you found an old piece of plywood and you laid underneath it and you were the ramp. You held it while your other friends jumped. Well, that was pretty extreme. That's nothing today. You know, it's nothing. But in our day, that was something. But here's the thing. I've always liked to do things. I ski fast still. I drive. I love mountaineering. You know, I love my horse. I love search and rescue. Um, we took Chris's family out Saturday and, and went shooting. And, Chris, we, we shot some pretty cool weapons, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. My, uh, my son had a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. He doesn't, so he doesn't, he doesn't show it, but he, he totally had a good time. Oh, he showed it. I could see it in him. <laughs> but, you know, it's that personal growth. Sometimes it's what we do on our side gigs. You know, um, I like people. I, I've got a really one of my mentors, Bill Bartell. We lost him last year. He's my, my father-in-law. But he was, he was my mentor and my friend above everything else. Is He was an expert bowler. He, he could hit 300 even in his 80s. It was amazing. That was chess with him. I suck at bowling. I love it, but he taught me a lot. And it's very, he was an entrepreneur for him. That was strategic and it helped me be strategic in business. And I learned that sometimes a board game or something that takes a different level of concentration, it's not just about macho hanging it out there. You know, it's, and that's what we taught in this leadership course that we did is that tracking man tracking is difficult and it's precise and it's, it takes your mind, it takes your eyes, and it takes a team. It's not one tracker. It's three. You got two flankers. And that main tracker is not the main tracker. You wear out. And our team learned that. Is they'd have to go from flanker to primary tracker to left flanker because your eyes get tired. Your knees get sore. You're constantly up and down. It's very tactical. It's very, it's very technical. It's very... Um, you're going to use brain cells and you're going to burn them to find people. And it was really cool to see people do this. It's important to note that growth and struggles, it's a personal journey. Each one of us are going to take on these struggles different ways.
And how you handle the struggles is going to be dependent on how you handle them in the future. And so my challenges to you is I read up on, on challenges and I like to read up on challenges. I'm just listening to an audio book right now on, on challenge, personal challenges and so forth is you've got to be a study. You've got to be a reader. You've got to be a student of life and you've got to, I, there's a great book that my, my, my oldest daughter read when she was a kid. She wanted to read. I wasn't too sure. It's called death in the grand Canyon. It was about notorious deaths and some, some of them not so notorious, some of them kind of silly. I mean, it's sad that it happened to people, but from a search and rescue standpoint, but also what other people did that looking back, I wish, I'm sure they wish they wouldn't have, you know, because ultimately it cost them a life, their lives or the life of a loved one or, or both in many cases. But it's an interesting book. If you can find it still, it's an old book. It's been around for a while. Uh, it, will, it, will, it will share just a different view. Uh, and I enjoyed it. So, Chris, that concludes it, man. So we're set. You got, got any input? Um, no, you covered this one. You know, I, um, I'm still learning getting through my tough and challenging times. <laughs> we all do. And the main thing is, is that, you know, is, is, um, it's your outlook and how it's, it's, uh, I can't remember who said it. And gosh, I wish, cause I love to give credit. It's an old, old term. And I remember other BJ, the guy I just talked about said it was it, it's, it's water off a duck's back. You know, what's that mean is a duck's feather is very, you know, it, it's hydrophobic. It's like a coating. It's nature's coating. Ducks don't get their skin wet. You know, it repels it off of there. And you've got to learn that when stuff comes up, it's got to be water off a duck's back. It just rolls off of you. You've got to absorb it, process it, and figure out how to positively fix it. And that positive fix might not be positive for everybody involved. It might, it might be something that's not so positive. And so, but it's movement. It's forward movement. We can't stop. And, and it, it's a hard thing to, to figure out, right? Um, I've got this saying that I've shared with, with Chris and Oscar nonstop, happiest place on earth. And I just keep repeating that and glass half full, two stupid terms, right? But to me, those aren't just terms. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a, a rah-rah. To me, that's a trigger. That, when I say that to me or anybody else, that means I've got a negative thought. I'm getting rid of it, and that's the trigger to get rid of it. Happiest place on earth, be happy. When you're at Disneyland, well, Disneyland's changed. When I was a kid, it was a lot of fun. Now it's just a lot of lines. Um, but it's still, if I think that, you know, one of our friends, Harry, um, put some, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but he put some 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 Mickey Mouse ears on and said he's going to go down to Florida and start applying for jobs. Um, Harry's retired. He's a detailer full-time, but he's a retired cop. And he just, some of the shit he puts up is funnier than hell. And so when he put that up, here's this big dude with Mickey Mouse ears on, you know, or Minnie Mouse ears on, whatever it was. But that made me chuckle is, is again, is that I have that trigger. I've learned that is that when I say something out loud or I say something to somebody else, that's not, that's not a trigger to them. That's a trigger to me It's changed my attitude, you know, or don't allow something to get in my head or exit it out of my head. And when I say glass half full, or I say happiest place on earth, it works because I've trained myself the last year to allow it to work. So last night I had something heavy on my mind and here's my lovely wife laying next to me. And we just had just we were cracking up about something and um, she goes to sleep. She's out and I'm sitting there thinking about something. I said, you know, why is this in my brain? 
here I am going to go to sleep. I got my wife next to me, you know, got this house, got these students here this week. Happiest place on earth fell right asleep. That trigger works. It gets it out of my mind. It tells consciously and subconsciously me, that's it. Don't allow this to hit your brain no more. Go on, go on. And it works. All right. So next week we will not be here is because I'll be in Tennessee uh, at Motorhead Garage on Wednesday yep. morning. Right now, right now, a week from right now, I'll be there filming. And then Diane and I are going to stay there and go look at some uh, little t towns and property that we – I fell in love with Jamestown, Tennessee. I was there years ago, and, man, it's just a cool area. And so I'm going to take Diane, and we're going to take uh, four days. She's going to join me on Thursday, and we're taking uh, four days off, and we're going to go explore and just have some fun. for Yeah, for take, little, take yeah. some pictures for me. We'll be back – um, with the podcast on Wednesday, September 6th. So that's two weeks from today. Yeah. And we got a cool one on that one. Cause we're going to go over leadership and, and facing your fears and challenges again. We're going to kind of a, a different view on this one, totally different view and have some special guests on for that one. Yeah, so we should have uh, up to, up to four guests on that with us. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun. So, so six fun. of us all together on that thing. It's going to be fun. So, all right, all. Hey, Chris, we'll see you this afternoon. I would suggest you get here early if you want any of these amazing Italian pastries that we have. It's uh, if you because if you don't get here early, we're going to eat them. So simple as that. And it's a, bad day to be on, it's a bad day to be on a diet because those things are really, really good. So uh, everybody take care of yourselves and be blessed. And uh, again, face challenges with dignity. And we'll talk to you all soon. Oh, hey, Adios. real quick. Uh, yep. Chris West was on with us. Just a, oh. a shout out to Chris. We, you know, he's, uh, he's up, been man? quiet for a little bit, but I'm glad to see him on with us. Chris, I miss you, dude. Miss you, man. We got to come down when I get back from this next trip. I'll come down. Maybe we'll go have lunch down, uh, down, down in your neck of the woods. So I'd love to see you. Uh, all right, guys, you guys take care and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast brought to you by detailing success and PNS double black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues.